peaked in the middle of January. Both me and my girlfriend got sick. I think I was, I was sick first, and I gave it to her. So she mm-hmm. got me back. <laughs> but uh, hey, but I gave it to her. rule number one of podcasting. Yeah, always press the record button. We weren't recording. That we weren't time. recording that whole thing. Yikes. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> At least we didn't get your. Uh, your voice cracked. I know. We can edit that out. <laughs> you can't edit it out if you weren't recording. That is true. That is don't need to edit it. That's so it. Travis Fonte joining us on the uh, on the Rakowski Podcast Network. Uh, the Out of the Rut. This is going to be episode eighteen. Coming to you live from the Rakowski Podcast Studios. Uh, uh, we just talked for about 15 minutes before I realized that we weren't recording. So that's that's right. that's, that's good stuff right there. And you'll never know what we talked about. Joe, it happens to me too. <laughs> if you listen to this, Joe, um, it, Joe, did, it, we had a great one, and Joe didn't record it. Oh, there, no. there was an. It, it wasn't his fault. Something glitched on yeah. this thing, and that's a horrible it, feeling. It, he felt so bad about it. Yeah, it happens. Well, I just did it, Joe. So we're even now. Yeah, I guess. Um. That's all right. We just talked about a bunch of COVID stuff. Yeah, nobody needs to hear about COVID anyway. But you so. did miss uh, us cracking a few brewskis. That is true. That is true. We'll have to get the next one because there will be more of those. So well, I'm glad to be back on. Yeah, g- great to have you, man. Uh, it's it's been a whirlwind uh, last couple months, and especially lately with some changes going on around here. I can't wait to start like talking about this and blowing up social media. It's really exciting for me, but yeah, it's fun. Con- contractually, I am not obligated, or I can't do that quite yet. It'll probably be a couple more weeks before I can start talking about yeah, that. That's cool, though. But you know what's going on, yeah. And uh, we we talked about that a little bit For on sure. Friday, but absolutely. Um, so yeah, glad to have you on. Uh, you have some exciting life news as well. Yeah, yeah. I am uh, gonna become a father. <laughs> you are gonna be Daddy Fonte. Congratulations, <laughs> yeah. man. Well, I mean, I've been Daddy Fonte. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, I'm gonna become a father, man. That's. Yeah. I was uh, pretty eager to talk about it just because it it's for me, dude. It's it's so it's pretty it's pretty deep just because. Well, my whole my whole life, I've always known that I wanted to become a father, and it was just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. I always thought it maybe be in my thirties, but I'd always be like, "Dang, why did I wait to yeah. be in my thirties? I just, I, I've always, it's always been super important to me to become a, a parent. And you know, it's funny because when death happens to people, when someone loses somebody in their family or someone close to them. Dude, I have such a hard time freaking saying, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm praying for you. Like, am I really going to pray for you? Uh, I'm not going to say something I'm not going to do. And I, I definitely am thinking about people when they when they have loss. Uh, they're always in my thoughts. And, and if I do decide to make say a prayer, then then yeah, I'll, I'll tell them I'm going to pray. But uh, it's it's like, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm like, all right, thanks. Dude, that doesn't make me feel any fucking better. I yeah. appreciate it, but thanks. I always tell people, and I don't know where it came from, but I always just try to tell people, and it's hard to get the words out, but it's like, especially, it's easier if it's a parent to to tell the, well, it doesn't make it easier, but if someone loses a parent, I always tell them, I always say, you know, you lost your, you lost your dad or your mom, but they, they live on through you. Like they live on within you forever because you're 50% of them. Yeah. Like, and, and it's crazy as I get older, dude, like I look down at my hands and my dad used to tell me this and I never understood what he said, but he'd say, he'd, he'd be like, God, my hands are looking like my father's. 
and I start looking down at my arms and stuff, and I like see my dad, dude. Like, oh, that's it's, interesting. It's really weird. Like I can look at my hand, and growing up as a as a young boy, you know, holding my dad's hand, I'd look down at it, and I'd just like play with his hand. And I remember doing the same with my grandpas. And uh, as I start to get older, I almost like see my father like, within myself. And then like, dude, just my mannerisms, like who I am, it's scary. Like I was yeah. just telling my parents, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm basically you guys. Like when I have someone ride my ass, sometimes I'll just pull over. I'm just like, I just go, just go around. You're not, gonna, you're not going to pass me, dude. I used uh, to get so ticked off. My yeah. parents would do that. I'm like, just drive. They're like they're behind you. Who cares? Don't even look back. And now I'm doing that crap. Yeah. But you, I just tell people all the time. You grow I'm, up. I exactly. I tell them though. I'm just like, you know, like your parents never truly die because they created you. You know, they created you and, and they truly live on You're you're their legacy. Mm-hmm. So they're gone. But, everything that they were is you, you know, like your daughter, Claire, when you're dead and gone someday, years and years from now, your daughter's hopefully someday going to have her own family. And like, you just, you just live on forever, dude. And it's such a beautiful thing. And it's Mm -hmm. hard to grasp your mind around what that really means. But, uh, I always try to find the words to, to say something similar to that. And it makes me feel good. It makes me more than just a sorry, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that's what I always tell people. That's a really good way to, I've never thought about that. Like, yeah. That. And I've been a dad for almost five years and that's a, that is a very deep thought for a, a new soon to be father. Yeah. Like that's, that is, you know, the one thing that I, I always say is that, you know, there's pros and cons to having kids young and there's pros and cons to having kids old. Yep. The one, the one pro is that you're young, you have a ton of energy. Like, you, you know, you're not going to like, you think, if, <laughs> I mean, no, but, I get you, but more like, you know, your kids keeping you up until like three in the morning or mm. waking up in the middle of the night. Like that's not, that stuff's not going to phase you. It's never going to get easier it, as you get older. Yeah. Right? And, but like, you know, a 35 year old person, like that could completely wipe out a 35 year old person, you know, and For sure. everybody's different, but yeah. I'm just generalizing. Yeah. Uh, the one con that I found as a young father was the that would be a good name for a show the young fathers like if we did a show about parenting That'd like be that would be the young fathers i like uh, it there's quite a few young fathers out yes, there yes there, there are a lot of them <laughs> yeah there are a lot of, i'm, I'm a lot not going to go moms. there i almost said something a derogatory but yeah. um but like the one thing about you know the the one of the cons about being young is that you just don't have a lot of life experience and yeah. you don't have um some of the maturity some of the um, the financial stability that oh, yeah. an older person might have, but you have all that. Like you, trying like, to, you, you have it upstairs already. You're 25. Yeah. Um, you're also I, four or five years older than I was when I had my first kid. Right. But, <laughs> it's it's a huge five years, dude. You know, and uh, you know, my girlfriend, she's only 20. She'll be 21 here in in March, but uh, that's pretty damn young. Yep. I I didn't want to be a father then, and I I made sure it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I, I think it's a good age. I'm about to be 26 this month and a couple of weeks here and on the 17th. And I, I'm ready, uh, to be a father, man. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I'm so ready, man. That's cool. When we talked about my accident the last time I was on the show, uh, you know, when I got hurt, uh, when my buddy removed the motorcycle off me, the first thing I did was start grabbing my, my private parts. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, These things still work. I couldn't feel anything. Yeah. I couldn't, I felt like I was grabbing dirt. I felt like I was, it was, I felt like I was touching the ground. Like I couldn't feel anything. And, and immediately my first thought was it wasn't my mom or dad. It wasn't anything in the world, but, but my job, it was literally like, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm a police officer. Like immediately my thought was I just ruined my entire career. Mm-hmm. 
which in in a way for that particular career it did it did change that it didn't ruin it but it took it away in a way um but the immediate thought after that was okay yeah i'm not gonna be able to be a cop anymore but i was like holy shit i'm single at the time i was single and i was like i'm never gonna be able to meet a girl even if i survive today i'm gonna be in a wheelchair how how is that gonna work yeah. who you know i i never met anybody that was paralyzed and in a happy marriage or anything like that and and even if i could find a good girl would i would i be able to give her a family you know and that dude those were the thoughts i was having and they were deep dude they were so vivid and, yeah oh man they were like I've came to words for this and it was like soul wrenching. Like it, it was like tearing my soul in half. Like if I was going to live, I don't know if I wanted to, because it was like, man, like I just was like, I'm never going to be able to be a father, dude. That's like, so bizarre. I had You're so many questions as immediately. As a 21 year old kid. Well, dude, I, I couldn't feel anything. I, yeah. was, I, I immediately knew that something was wrong, real, like extremely wrong. And I was like, oh man. Cause dude, everything was going so damn good. I just 21. I, I had everything. I had everything that I wanted. I was able to put my mind to it and literally get it. If mm -hmm. I couldn't do it with my mind, I could do it with my body. Yeah. I was physically abled. I was mentally abled. Everything. I had everything. And I could, I had, everything was going my way, dude. And I had 100% the mindset that of a 21 year old kid mm -hmm. is the world revolves around Travis Fonte. Yeah. I, I, tr I try to remind myself that every day because I get stuck in that. Like, oh, yeah, it's my world. No, dude, you're, you're just, I'm just living in it. And that was the thought I had. So this is a huge blessing. I mean, I didn't even know if I could have kids. Mm -hmm. So this is this is huge. Glad to hear it, man. I'm, yeah. I'm so excited for you guys. And <laughs> but yeah, especially if you get a little girl, and then we'll just have yeah, we'll, that'd be awesome. We'll have tea parties together <laughs> and all that good stuff. Well, before but, the show, we we're just sitting there playing. Your, your daughter playing with slime for like 20 yeah, minutes. yeah. I didn't even want to touch the nasty <laughs> stuff. And then I, next thing you know, I'm freaking. Yeah, she's trying to rip it out of my hands. <laughs> Claire, Claire's like making you put your face in it and yep, stuff. And yep. Claire's is hilarious because she is an absolute spitfire, but in the same token, she's a sweetheart little princess mm -hmm. and wants to do dress ups and gowns and yeah. girly things. But like, she is intense. My niece is like that. She's like a little, uh, diva, little queen, a little princess. And, uh, and then she's like over there, you know grabbing worms out of the dirt trying to throw them at you so it's like it's a cool combination a little tomboyish little girly girl but yeah having a daughter would be awesome i definitely want to have a son someday um but i'm actually hoping to have a girl uh but you know if it's a, if it's a boy i'm definitely gonna be stoked about that too no for sure yeah it can't go wrong nope unless it's something in between yeah I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll deal with it's it it's 2021 we'll figure it out know. But, um, but yeah, man, so, you, you know, you, lots changed. You went from, you know, living in an apartment, bought a big old house down and bent down yeah, in, uh, it's like a, in I the always country. Say, I always say 600 square foot apartment because it sounds good, but it was more like 740 or something. Like, I don't know. It was yeah. 700 something square foot, but it's I, 600. Broom, it's a it was, broom closet. Yeah, it was, it was tiny, dude. And uh, it was a good transition for me out of Mary Freebed into that place because it was wheelchair accessible mm -hmm. and had a pool and it was, it was, it was legit. It was perfect for me i fell in love with it but uh well i guess i can't say i fell in love with it I, I liked living there but i'd actually find every excuse not to go home like i'd go work 12 hours and then i'd go to the gym for like two or three hours mm -hmm. and i'd come home at like 9 30 yeah and i just but now i don't even want to go anywhere dude like i almost didn't want to come over just because i wanted to go home like, <laughs> i just want to be at my house and covid yeah. didn't help 
Dude, yeah. being at home, that was the most time I'd spent at my house since I owned it. And yeah. I've only been in there for, you know, six, seven months and being there for two straight weeks. And I, I had vacation time in the summer when I first got in. But I was like on the boat every day. Yeah. So I wasn't even really home that much. And I, dude, I was awesome. Just sat at home. But that would be a shitty life to live, dude. Mm. I was like, I felt uh, depressed. I felt super unmotivated. I felt like, but I got used to it. Like I could live that. Like I was like, man, I could get stuck doing this. Like mm-hmm. I got comfortable. I pulled the PS3 out, pulled, hey. Black, Op, pulled Black Ops Ghost, <laughs> I think it is, with the zombies. Yeah. And uh, we got Lily really good at zombies now. No kidding. Oh, dude. That's Like, funny. we can go to, like, round 20 easily. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Like, in it. Like, four <laughs> perks, like, pa- like pack-a-punch guns. Like, got you a winner right You there. know what's... Oh, yeah. She's really good at games. And uh, I've actually rediscovered my passion for gaming. I was really excited to talk about it tonight, too. Tell me about it. <laughs> because, dude, I used to be a... I was an athlete, but I was a gamer, dude. Like, okay. I grew up... And it's funny, because I didn't really think about it ever until until recently, um, cause I'm like, man, I really like playing video games cause I've avoided, I have a PS3, dude. We've had it since I've, I've looked, I had to look it up cause I'm like, when did, how long have we had this? I think we had it in like 2009 maybe, but that edition came out in 2011. So anyway, I never bought a PS4 or anything because I was afraid of what it would do to my life. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I'm, I need to go to the gym. Like I got shit I got to do. If I go, if I go buy this new system, I know my, I have a very addictive personality. Yeah. Dude, when I like doing something, I like doing it, and that's all I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> all I want to do is go home right now and play the, a game that came out 10-plus years ago. <laughs> and, dude, there's still a ton of people online yeah. playing it. It's awesome. That's cool. And uh, But it, it rediscovered my passion for gaming. And, uh, like, I grew up playing uh, – we had Sega, Sega Genesis. Then we had Nintendo 64. Used to play like Resident Evil. Okay. But my brother had to be in the room because I was so scared to play it. It was, <laughs> it was pretty scary. <laughs> Even nowadays, some of those games get pretty intense. Yeah, the one that got me was um, I was at my buddy Adam Adam Horde's house, and we were we were playing Dead Space. Did you ever play that game? I don't. I'm not sure. The setting of it is like you're, sounds familiar. It's it's so creepy, dude. It's like you were in a like an abandoned space station. You're looking for this lost this lost space station that drifted out into space. They lost contact with it. You find it. You board the space station and it's infested with these alien things oh, no. that jump out at you. Yeah. And we're play- like we're in the dark at his mom's oh, house, yeah. and and it, like I like he was sitting like he is his game, and I was at his play house playing this one person game, and he's sitting there watching me play it because it was so funny because I kept freaking out <laughs> yeah, yeah. every time something jumped intense. out at me. So. Oh yeah, well my buddy at work Adrian he just gave me uh, like four or five PS3 games, and uh, there you go. That's what you miss in the beginning. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he has a couple games. He gave me a whole bunch, like, uh, oh, man, all of the uh, – oh, I knew I'd draw a blank on what the one games were. There's three of them, I think. Uh, anyway, he gave me, like, uh, Last of Us and, like, um, Two Souls or something like that. They're just, like, really suspenseful, like, mystery-type games. And uh, it's like basically you're watching a movie. It's different than the games I grew up playing because I grew up playing like Madden, 2K, Call of Duty, yeah. stuff like that. And yep. this was like a basically a movie that you manipulate into a in a game. So it's pretty cool. Uh, the graphics are really good in it. And uh, but yeah, so I really liked playing uh, the games. But uh, I can see where it can get really addictive where you starts taking over your life a little bit. You just got to make sure that you have everything in moderation, dude. Balance is so important. Everything in moderation, including moderation. Oh, yeah. 
I don't know. It to me, it depends on the thing because there's sometimes that I always filter it through. Is this is this really helping me? And I think that the one, the one awesome thing is I've always limited my um, my consumption of NFL stuff because I'm just like, yeah, I could watch all of this NFL stuff. And it is going to do absolutely nothing for me. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, like that could be all your time if you yeah, wanted for sure. it to be. And uh, now that's how do... you would want it too. But you're smart, and you're like, I got exactly, break exactly. This up a little yeah, bit. for sure. So, um, because I remember when I was in high school and college, like that was all that I did. I would be like five fantasy leagues and all that crazy stuff. Well, now I do an NFL show, and yeah. so it's, and you're good at it too, though. And it's part, thank you, I appreciate that. And it's part of the brand now. It's part of the it's part of the podcast. It will remain. I, yeah. What Tyler and I did, uh, and it's it's just been such a cool run because he, um, you know, we he was the first person I had on the podcast, and we were just gonna do like a one off, like we we're gonna record just a regular segment and then a one off NFL show. Um, and it turned into this, like, you know, we started, you know, we we're like, Hey, let's do this again next month. That was kind of cool. And then we did it again and it got like significantly better. And then we're like, Hey, let's try this again. And then like the third time we're like, we, we were started talking back, back and forth. I'm like, why? Let's just, let's just do that. Like, let's do this. And he was, he was game for it. Um, he, towards the end, he was like completely like he, cause I was also doing the other show and he was a hundred percent like writing the script for that i was kind of the host and he was kind of the expert and we just had like a we have like a really good chemistry and stuff so yeah next uh next week we'll be doing our last show of the season nice a little bit bittersweet because it's been so much fun i but. Uh, i'm gonna be like brutally honest with you i i've been keeping up on your episodes and <laughs> a few of the nfl ones i i tried really hard i, I got like 30 40 minutes in and I, yeah. I was like all right can't do it and the reason why is because I don't know any of the people you were talking about. Yeah. And but the but for the people that do, for the guys and gals that know their shit with NFL and the they know like you know the players like you know like their personalities even like you know a lot of stuff you have a lot of knowledge so it's it's great. Yeah. And the people that care about that. Yeah. It's wonderful for sure. But for me, I don't give a shit. I know. <laughs> and, that's and that's the issue. That's, like, I that's don't even problem. care about sports and and COVID is even like a, a kind of a. Kind of made me like evil, evil uh, grin, kind of, because I'm like, huh, like what really matters right now? Yeah, you know, that and that's where it's like all this defund the police. I'm like, oh, okay, like what, what really, what's really important? Like yeah. what, what keeps the world running? Like farmers, your doctors and nurses, you know, mm-hmm. the people that work at the grocery stores, because that's pretty damn important. Yeah. Um, I mean, all your small businesses too are super important. All the restaurants. Yeah. I mean, you got to eat, and then, uh, but even more than that. You got the police officers, your firemen, your paramedics, yeah. the military, stuff like that. Like that stuff's got to keep going because even in the pandemic, people still need help, and they they, they sure do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they're calling. Yeah, well, that's a good way to. That's a good thing to switch gears on. So there's all this stuff about defund the police, which really stemmed from the the BLM chaos mm-hmm. that took place this summer. Yeah, um, we're not hearing a lot about BLM these days no. you never know you notice that it's good we'll see here's the thing is like i actually just discovered ashton kutcher on tiktok today and uh i went through all of his videos and he had a couple videos that he talked about black lives matter and he was like crying in one of the videos at the end because he was like so upset that anybody would comment on his black lives matter post because he did a blackout when they did the blackout tuesday mm-hmm. he did that on all of his platforms and a lot of the comments he got were like all oh, lives matter and 
okay, I try to keep an open mind, dude, with everything. I certainly have an opinion on, on shit. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Do I openly talk about it? Not really. Sometimes I will if I'm asked, but I mean, I have no problem telling my opinion, but I try to keep an open mind because if I start giving my opinions and people are going to look at me and go, oh, well, then you won't be able to see my opinion. Yeah. So I try not to voice it so that I can be open to somebody else's opinion on it. You know, I try not to partake in it too much. Yeah. But, but I will, I will say with the COVID stuff, with the pandemic, uh, it's great. It makes it be kind of open your eyes up of how, how relying we are, how we rely on, on going to the grocery store <laughs> to get our stuff. Like I'm yeah. not self-sufficient dude at all. Yeah. I will die if I can't go to the grocery <laughs> store. I don't hunt. I can't skin a deer. It makes me want to go start to learn how to like grow crops and have a little bit of right. like vegetables and like a, yeah. like a little garden mm-hmm. makes me want to go out and start, sh- start going hunting again. And yeah. cause I've shot a deer and stuff back in the day and, uh, I didn't even gut it out. I was too young. I, I they should have made me do it, but I was I was like eleven or twelve. But yeah. they should have made me do it. My brother did it for me, but it makes me want to go learn how to go hunt and and put food on the table. Dude. I've asked uh, my my brother in law and uh, my good friend Clint. Um, both have agreed to help me learn how to hunt. I I can shoot a gun. I've just never shot it at anything other than a target. Be able to so. kill something <laughs> and actually skin it and yeah. Do no, all and I want to process the it. meat. Yeah, I want to do all and of it. On that I, note too, before I forget to say it again. It kind of freaks you out a little bit because if something ever did happen where there was a crazy nasty disease, like it just spreads so freaking quick, dude, through yeah. the whole world. Everybody's in contact with everybody. You're never going to be able to stop something. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 interesting to see like some of the European countries, like how they just listen to their government. Like when their government lays law down, people fucking just don't. They just don't go out. Yeah. Like, they just listen, dude. That's so Americans bizarre. just don't. Like they're yeah. like, we're not. We don't. We have this you. thing called freedom. When. Yeah. yeah. When when COVID first happened, I got in my truck and me and my girl went to, uh, we, we, it was like right when the lockdowns happened and just wasn't yeah. going out. I'm like, let's go. Like we went let's out to, to um, Luddington. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Luddington, got yeah. pizza. I, I don't know if, because yeah, we still ordered pizza from a restaurant and went and sat by the beach and then went trail riding. But yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know. I've never been good at listening too well. No, so, I mean, it, dude, no. you want to know what I did when um, the... Um, all of the, like the initial shutdowns happened or whatever. So, um, they, so my, the bank, we were working, uh, you know, we worked like 12 out of 13 days, but then we'd have two weeks off paid cause they, long story short, but, um, on those two weeks off, dude, I was going, uh, I was going out to the grocery store and doing grocery delivery and making a butt ton of money. Hey, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, dude, I was like, I'm not, I'm not afraid of this. There's so many people that were so freaked out by it. So you were going to the yeah. grocery store and you were, I was shopping for other people, oh, and making okay. a yeah, bunch yeah. of money. Hell yeah, yeah, because nobody wanted to go out. Yeah, so like, and the other people that were quote unquote competition were staying home, and so the value of those orders were going up yeah. because there was a surplus of orders and not enough people to shop them. Right. So I just I made more money in those two weeks than I, than I did in my job That's that awesome. I was not at. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think Lily was doing the same thing. She was, she was doing, uh, the Meyer delivery shipped or whatever. Shipped, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's just crazy. Um, it, I still, I puts a bad taste in my mouth and I just get dumbfounded when I, when I have friends, even to this day when I'm like, yeah, like we got to get together and like, yeah, like after COVID I'm like, what? Yeah. That's a foolish thing to say. Yeah. What do you mean after COVID? Like, yeah. you mean you never want to see me again? Yeah. Because that's what you're saying to me right now. Like, after what? Yeah. Like, you're telling me you don't want to get together. Like, fine. Then that's fine. We won't get together. Yeah. That's your choice. Yeah. 
but you're, you know, you're in your twenties and you're healthy. Like we could all get together if you want to, because I go to work every single day still. Like yeah. I get up, I get in my car, I stump, I pump gas and I, I nothing ever changed yeah. for me. Like, you know and, what changed I did for me? Get it. You know what changed for me? What? And this is serious. Like right after the start. And this is how you know that I was taking COVID serious. After, after all the stuff started coming out for about two weeks, I washed my hands after I used a public restroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cleanest thing in a public restroom is your dick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I always so. uh, I forget who told me that back in the day. It might have been one of my old buddies, but they're like, "Yeah, dude, you never wash your hands in a public bathroom. As long right? as you only touch your dick, then you're good." <laughs> yeah. like, if you don't, then you're cleaner. Like, just don't. Yeah, you're dirtier if you wash your hands in a public bathroom. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I've gotten better with that stuff too, dude. Like, just washing my hands more often and just being smarter. Yeah, but I didn't even. I haven't even been supplementing like I was, like with vitamins and stuff. Like, I don't even take anything right now. I got to get back on the grind of taking more supplements. But I mean, I wasn't even doing that. Yeah, man. I'll sell you some double X. All right. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just wild. Yeah, so, um, no, I mean, yeah, I, I, my, my thing is, is that, like, I've just, I've had this thing where I've just been, like, kind of, like, waiting to get it. Yeah, a lot of like, people have. I was just, like, I, it's been a year, I haven't, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I got it back in January of 19, before it came into the United States, and I've never. January of? 19? Yeah, January of 2019. Oh, wow. I said before. Like, yeah, yeah. After that. I I thought I had it in January of 2020. So I think I had it twice. Maybe it was just the flu the first time or maybe a different strand. Maybe. I, who I knows, a shitty immune but, system. Apparently. But it, it, would, it would make sense, though, if I had it back then, I developed the antibodies for yeah. it, and now I haven't gotten it again, mm-hmm. despite my, um, you know, not really following the COVID procedures and guidelines. Yeah. Then again, I don't go to bars. I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, I I have a pretty tight knit, close group of friends that were kind of all in the. But I mean, yeah, go to church and not really wearing a mask and there and I mean, I, it's, I just I don't know. It's 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 not a good thing. It's it's definitely gonna make you feel like crap. It's gonna make you feel very similar to the flu. It's a respiratory type illness, and you know, if I lost somebody super close to me, I mean, I would obviously have to grieve and feel super upset about it. But I mean, I. I don't think I would really change anything I'm doing yeah. already. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing too is that I'm not th- licking people when I'm public. Like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no more strange for Fonte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not just licking walls down the side of the building. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. No. So yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it just I kind of cut you off. You were going to say something. You said one of those things about it, but. When are you going to get a dog? A dog? Yeah. I'm not sure, man. The problem is I got two cats and I've fallen in love with them. Like Charles I've had for four years, so mm-hmm. his ass has never gone nowhere. But yeah. I have recently taken on another cat. That was my brother's. And I've fallen in love with her. And I think Charles is quite fond of her as well. So I can't I, – I, the cats are going to live there as long as yeah. they're alive. So now – Do they go know, outside at least? No. no. They don't go outside. Nah. Silky kind of used to probably go outside when she was living with my brother, but Charles has never really been outside too much. I mean, okay. he, he's escaped a few times, but yeah. uh, no, they're not outdoor cats. I, I want to keep them indoors. 
They're already disgusting as it is. Yeah, I, t- I can't stand cats. They're messy they're, they're... and they don't listen. And their litter boxes are a daily fucking thing. I mean, they just, all they do is poop and pee. Yeah. It's it's and, crazy. Yeah. I have two litter boxes and if you go two or three days, oh, it's a fucking mess. Yeah. But they're cool, dude. And, and I'll tell you what, they, they make me feel pretty good when I come home. Like, just like being with your dog, like when I got here. Animals are just awesome. Having stuff that's alive around you makes you feel alive. You know, when I come home, that cat sits up on my lap and I just pet her. I love it, dude. Like I love that time of the day. So, um, eventually I'll get a dog. I'm thinking probably, uh, after, uh, my child comes into the world, <laughs> maybe yeah. two years from now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. A couple of years. I, cool. I definitely want to get a dog someday, but God, it's going to be just be way too much right now. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought cats took care of themselves, but nah, not really. Mm-hmm. They might just be geniuses, and they've tricked humans into tr- t- taking care of them. We just give them food and water and clean their shit, and all they do is just enjoy their lives. Yeah, they're still retarded, though. <laughs> you hate cats. <laughs> I used to hate cats, dude. I don't. I, I... Listen, man, I, I my whole life changed four years ago after my accident. I didn't want a girlfriend at the time. Like I tried dating and yeah. I was like, Nope, nah, dude, I got to try to learn how to walk. Like I can't try to figure out how to love. So, um, I stayed single and I went and got a cat and everybody tried talking me out of it. Like my mom was like, Oh God, you're never going to take yeah. care of a cat. You're in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Like it's a small apartment. Gross. Yeah. I guess it's probably easier to take care of a cat dude, than a dog. That cat's been my saving grace, dude. Yeah. I had some dark days, man. And mm-hmm. that cat was your little buddy. Oh yeah. Every time there was, there was one time I just like, just had a really bad night and it was because one of the nurses that took care of me committed suicide. Oh no. Yeah, dude. And that one hit me really hard. And I, a couple days later I went out drinking and I came home and I was pretty drunk and I was just having really bad thoughts, dude. I was just like in a really fucked up space and, and I was just like laying on the floor, just bawling my eyes out. And Charles just came up and he was like freaked out. Like he was like concerned. So he's like sniffing my face and dude, he licked a tear off my face. And like in that moment I was like, dude, this cat is like, it just like, yeah. I don't know. There was a moment that happened and I like immediately was like, okay. And I changed everything I felt that moment and I got up and I was shrugged it off and put myself to bed. But, uh, after that I had just a special connection with that cat. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. this cat fucking loves me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who knows. Maybe he was just doing whatever, but it was just a thing that happened. And for, I'm like forever. Just, yeah. That cat's like, that's, it awesome. means a lot to me. That's the only convincing argument that I've heard that yeah. cats are not Satan reincarnated. Oh, dude. So I, well, if you're a single dude, chicks love cats. I mean, yeah. you're like, Oh, you got a cat. Like, Oh yeah. That's like puppies. <laughs> it's true. And well-behaved dogs. Yeah. By the I mean, way, if you have awesome. like, if you have a well-behaved dog, um, that's a chick magnet. That's true. Like, cause it's an excuse. Like, Oh, can I pet your dog? Like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you just look down at your dog, sit, and then they just listen to you. And then oh. you set expectations. Okay. Like that girl's going to be your yeah, future yeah. girlfriend. <laughs> it's not like you're going to snap at her and say, sit, <laughs> right. but it sets the expectations. Like, all right, I'm in charge. See, I took that, a, <laughs> I, I took that a whole different way. When you said that, I'm thinking like, Oh, like that shows her that like you, you, you know, you took the time to like train the dog and like you're dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> took that a way different way. Uh, you probably took it the correct way. Yeah, I probably. was I was being making a chauvinist <laughs> joke, but it was, it was a joke. Relax. Yeah, it's a joke. The question is, is what kind of dog? I mean, God, I don't want a bulldog, and Lily loves bulldogs, but honestly, dude, 
they fucking fart all the time. And they're <laughs> ugly as hell. I they're think. fat. <laughs> they're ugly. They're, they're so funny looking. They just looking. snort and stuff, and they just, yeah. they snort. They're they're ex- from what I've heard, they're they are one of the hardest breeds to train. Oh, they're incredibly God. stubborn. Yeah, dude. And I've watched my aunts. Uh, I'll, I'll ask Ken about Ken uh, Ken Boyd, who, who's coming yeah. on the show next week. He is a expert dog trainer. So I'm gonna ask him like breed specific questions. Those uh, those doodles, um, golden doodles. The golden doodles. I used to hate those dogs, but I don't know, man. They've always had this weird look. Like when you look at a dog Kinda like ugly. that, when you look at them, though, they almost look like little humans. Like their eyes are different than other dogs, and they're like they're really cool because they don't shed. I don't think. Yeah. And like if you're allergic, they don't. What? Well, yeah, because whatever they're yeah. good house dogs and but a miniature one those things are freaking cute mm-hmm. but i'm kind of old school man i think i'd be good with like a chocolate lab or yeah. like a just a just a simple yellow lab at home yeah i don't know if i'd want a german shepherd but I, we always had mutts growing up from the pound so yeah. it was like a boxer pit bull rot like cool dogs man. yeah oh yeah yeah i love those dogs we didn't roddies are awesome pay two thousand dollars roddies are that is my bucket list dog is getting a rottweiler oh yeah i just love and then them. bloodhounds i fucking love bloodhounds, okay dude. just i just like the look of. i don't know if i you if i was to do that i have to be like a big like bird hunter or something like that I don't yeah know, but you have to justify they're just it. You, those are hunting dogs you got to get those things out sniffing but yeah they're just so freaking cool with the big ears and the droopy mm-hmm. faces like i love those dogs i you know maggie is the first mixed breed dog that i've ever had german I, shepherd I border collie it is such a good dog yeah it's, she's awesome. it's the best dog by far i've ever had great family she dog. has all of the all of the good characteristics you want in a german shepherd incredibly alert um very um and and ken said this to when i first met ken i actually went to his house uh, i did his cpl test and I, he was so good because I I couldn't make oh, it. Oh, Ken, is Ken the guy that? Yeah, you know oh, Ken. You okay. talked to Ken on the phone. Yep, he's yep. such a good dude. So yeah, I can't it, wait to meet him. My schedule was to the point where I couldn't make it to a full session. So he let me come out and just do the shooting part of the class one day, and then the legal stuff. Yeah. Uh, he let me come out and do a different day. So I actually just went to his house and did the, did all that stuff. Um, so I I really appreciate that. That's pretty cool. But he um. But he, we were talk, we got off track, and we were talking about dogs. And um, when I, when I got to his house, he has this big old black lab, just a mm. big chunky dog, and and it didn't really look like it was that, you know, that intelligent. It just looked it, kind of a dopey looking dog, like nothing, not like a, you know, this, you know, right, this mystique, you know, it looks like pristine like germ like the like you would think that you would see in a guard dog or a service dog or something none of that it was just kind of a chunky black lab and and so it was super nice he came up he was friendly i put my hand out i petted him and um and we went into the house and he mentioned like 30 minutes in he's like yeah like he said it kind of jokingly but he was serious at the same time he's like yeah if my dog doesn't like you you don't come into my house and i was like oh okay and so he he went on to explain that dogs just have this innate sense of sensing people's intentions, mm-hmm. and like if you have bad intentions, um, dogs will sniff that out. It was and like so, your dog when I came in. It, your dog made me feel feel uh, welcomed. Right? Yeah, like right away she like just came over and just sat her head right on my like leg. Yeah, for sure. And you're so like, I think she likes you. The the first um, so typically the first time with Maggie, uh, when you come into your house, I when you come into my house. Um, if you're, if you're not familiar with being around dogs, I like to be right next to her. And so like, I'll, 
say, hey, how you doing? I'll pat you on the shoulder. Um, and then, you know, Maggie will sniff you and then we'll be good because I, it's almost like I introduced you to her or whatever, Mm -hmm. but like, I'll give you for instance, Maggie, somebody that she had never met before. Um, he, one of my buddies came over for podcast. She had never met him before. And I was just walking around in the house doing stuff and I saw his truck parked out front and I was like, Oh, Ryan's here. You know, that's cool. Whatever. And, um, Maggie started going nuts because there was a truck parked across the street <laughs> that she didn't wasn't but, familiar with. Correct. That she wasn't the key being that she wasn't familiar with because we live in the city. Like there are cars that drive by all the time, but there was one that was parked not even right outside her house, kind of off to the side. And she she knew that that person was intending to come inside. Now, once Ryan got up to the door, she smelled it was fine. Like yeah. she didn't go after him or anything. But dogs just have this uncanny ability to so I say all that to say this. Maggie's great. The German Shepherd side, yeah. the protective stuff is is outstanding. And then she, the Border Collie personality, I think, shows through. And the athleticism. Like, she is the most athletic dog I've ever had. She could do all of that agility stuff that you see on TV yeah. dogs doing. That's pretty stuff, awesome. So. She looks fast. Yeah. My girlfriend's dad's got, I'm trying to look it up. I don't think it's maybe an American bulldog. I don't know. There's there's a few different dogs that are similar to that too, but dude, just oh a bull mastiff maybe. Oh, a big old boy, fucking huge. Yeah, dude. dude. There were show dogs, and one of them won the grand opening or I don't know, like the best you can get. Yeah, run a whole show. That's awesome. It's a show dog. Um, but uh, I follow a guy that was a old Navy SEAL. Uh, I think his name was Mike Ritland. He's also got a podcast as well. Um, but he's a dog trainer. Because it used to be a canine dog in the in the navy in the mm-hmm. seals, so he actually has a a foundation called Warrior Dog Foundation that he helps like train train canines for people, and it's got a bunch of access for you to like you can buy and have access per month to like everything that he's ever uploaded, and it's like a ton of stuff yeah. to help home, like people that are, just have dogs and their families at home to like learn how to train their dogs and all that because they just require so much. So it's pretty cool because I don't know anything about how to train a dog, honestly. Like, I mean, I taught my dog growing up how to sit and shake and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, my dog wouldn't listen. Sometimes they'd run away. Like, yeah. And you watch these videos of, of this guy going through, like, mire with his dog. And, like, the dog, like, he can, like, spin real quick. The dog stays right on the right side of him. Yeah. And, like, will go between the legs. Like, there's some crazy videos out there oh, of the dogs. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. And then, you know, just being around the, the police officers, those canine dogs, like, mm-hmm. they're, like, a whole different breed, dude. It's, <laughs> Yeah. Those things, like they'll they'll come up with them, and like I can pet them, kinda, but like they're, they're not, not they're not like they don't give a fuck about yeah. me wanting to pet them. They just want me to yeah. throw their ball. Yeah, they will. They love that. But <laughs> yeah. besides that, dude, and the second that their owner says something or their master, like they say something, Snap. boom, that dog yeah. is gone. Yeah, they listen. They're gone. They don't. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you had food right there. It doesn't matter. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's I, a lot of time, Maggie. Um, the one thing about Maggie is that she definitely has some herding instincts mm. and also she we never taught her how to fetch but she will chase a ball all day long and she has gotten really good about um like my voice commands too which i i just noticed this recently mm-hmm. but every now and again like she, like what we what i do with her is i'll i'll take a up two baseballs and a bat and i'll go out into my front yard and i'll just i'll just wallop it i'll hit it as nice. far as i can she'll go get it and so bring not it back. very far <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 15 feet just little little hit so not the t yeah so um 
So she'll go and bring it back, and then what I do with the second, which is so I don't have to, like, deal with, like, slobber and, like, pulling it out of her mouth and stuff, I would always just have a second ball that as soon as she got close to me, I'd pick up the second ball, and I'd just hit it right away. And then she'd drop that first one and then go get the other one. Well, but every now and again, she'll get lazy, and Mm. I'll pull the ball out too soon, and she'll drop it 20 feet in front of me. And before, I would just be like, oh, you stupid dog. And then I'll just hit the ball, and I'll walk over there and pick it up. But lately i've been getting really picky with her and i be, and so like if that happened she drops the ball 20 feet from me runs up to me like oh there's another one i'm like no ball and i'll point at it and i won't throw that other one until she goes that goes back 20 feet gets that ball and drops it right in front of me yeah. then she gets the extra one really she'll do it so yeah and she just started doing that a couple weeks ago yeah. so yeah when i when i get a dog man i definitely want him to be a i'm not gonna get no a little ankle biter dog i mean some small dogs are kind of cute but i can't stand small dogs so i'll be getting a big dog but i definitely will look into some resources because i I mean i'd like to get my dog trained like i want my dog to just i want it to be trained i want him to to be like extremely well behaved but like Mm -hmm. to the point where it's almost like a canine like yeah like yeah i uh i could ken is a great resource to talk to i have another buddy of mine from gaylord he he did six months he 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 now trains canine dogs that's awesome. what that's what he does yeah. for, he's a, he's an emt uh, up north and cool. he's uh have you had him on uh no i haven't i bet yet. he'd have some insane stories as emt he just started really? so he, he's probably still does but yeah he's up in gaylord yeah. so they they probably don't get as much crazy stuff as down here but yeah I mean, he's on my stuff though i mean those, yeah, are, those still yeah, happen yeah that's true yeah. he's on he's on my list he's he's actually claire's godfather so oh, cool. he's he was um he was my best friend probably from the t- like the year after i graduated high school for you know a good solid you know 2 3 years cuz like when when I left, I, I went to I went to Kirtland. Mm-hmm. You, you, that's where we met. Yep. No, no, no. Wait, hold on. I went to Kirtland the first time, <laughs> and then I transferred to LC to Lansing Community College the following year, and then the the year after that, I went back to Kirtland. That's where what I met you. What made you go from Gaylord to Lansing? I wanted to play baseball. Oh, but so you're just um, trying to go wherever you could try to play for sure. Yeah, and I I was stupid about it i didn't have yeah. any guidance i just thought just i could didn't show want to up stop playing yeah and yeah i had a i had a dream to do it but i didn't have the the desire to do the work to make it happen to not necessarily action. not necessarily on the training side but i just didn't i just didn't know how to like that whole process of networking and like talking to adults and meeting coaches i was just i was really not you were probably probably yet. just about yourself at the time a little bit maybe you think or no, I was I was actually pretty intimidated by the yeah. whole process of playing, you know, playing a sport at a new level where I had zero connections. I yeah. always had some sort of connection to mm-hmm. uh, any team. Like I'd always show up to, you know, you know, your first day at Little League, and um, you know, I'd have a, a couple guys on the team that I already knew. Mm-hmm. So there, and my dad was my coach for a lot of it. Right. So there's a that level could have been of, part of the why you felt that way. Yeah. As, so as, there's a level of comfort to every single team that I had been a part of. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden it was just like, okay, you have to go find a coach that's willing to bring you onto the team, give you a tryout. Um, but you also have to move three hours from home in order to make that happen. I, I was 18. Yeah. I, I didn't know how to make that happen. Um, and, and to be fair, like the other actions outside of that in my life, the stuff that I was doing outside of baseball and school and stuff, it didn't lend a lot of credibility to that. This was actually something I really wanted to do. Yeah, you weren't all in. Yeah. So, I mean, 
the, there's nobody to blame. But the passion was there. I mean, you yeah. loved it. But I still do. I can, I can relate I still to play. that. I mean, I, I, it's funny, dude, because I'm a little close-minded on some things, and I wish I wasn't, but, like, college sports, like, you know, it's funny because I just think it's it's such a joke, but it's it's something that I wish I would have done, you know. I wanted to, would have loved to, but I made a decision as an 18-year-old. I was like, listen, I could probably go play maybe at a community college. I freaking loved playing basketball. It was my favorite sport. Yeah. I was decent, but uh, more of a defensive player, but I wished I was an offensive player. Like, I just want to shoot the ball and score. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to score 30 a game, but yeah. I was like, maybe if I got 10, that was a damn good game. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh I was good at playing defense, man. I'd be all over you, but wasn't super tall and just didn't put all. I was too focused on running around, partying, and yeah. chasing girls, and it wasn't. I wasn't focused. I wasn't doing the things that I could have been doing to to get to that. Yeah, that point. So you played for Hale, right? Yeah. What year? What year did you graduate high school? Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Did you ever go to St. Mary's for any scrimmages? I believe so, actually. Yeah, I think we did. I think we did. I couldn't stand you guys. No kidding. Dude, yeah, that's hilarious. I think we did go out there once. Yeah, because you guys, so, did you guys have that, like, crazy court that had, like, different color floors or something? No, it was, no, there was. Um, or walls or something? I remember we went and played St. Mary's. Yeah, if you came to our house, so if you walk into the, you walk into, it's a, a very old gym. Yeah. A very old school gym. So one side is all concrete bleachers and the other side is, like, a. It's kind of like a stage, kind of, oh, where like the yeah, 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 and there was two of them, right? Because you, you had a new gym and an old gym. Didn't yeah, you? there was one that was kind of like a like a it was almost like a poly, in the same polyester. building, the same building. I remember that. It, yeah, we one were there. That, one gym we could warm up in or yeah. whatever. Like it was all blue. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so you've yeah. been there before. Okay, yeah. So dude. um, I never nice. thought to ask you this, but yeah, my senior year, I remember because I, I that was like the the little bit of playing time I got was in that hail. We pl- we probably played against I, each we other. Probably didn't even know did, it. man. Honestly, you yeah. would have been a sophomore that year. Yeah, but I would have been on JV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, junior. But we were both there. I think the varsity team was there as well. Yep. Yep. Good times. I loved it, but I made a decision because I knew that it wouldn't advance me in my career, my life, and yeah. success. It would just be holding me back and keeping me in yeah. playing. I didn't want to play anymore. I wanted to work. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, like, what what do I need to do to, to make money and be successful? And at the time, I thought it was going to be a journeyman working on utility lines mm-hmm. with my uncle. Yeah. And, you know, I gave that kind of a shot. I applied at least, didn't get in, and then went to college, and that's where mm-hmm. we met. And that was the route I took, dude. And that's why, like, sometimes I'll, I give my girlfriend so much shit because I'm like, God, you're just playing the sport and you guys can't even play right now because you're not allowed. Like, yeah. what a joke. And she hates that because she's like, loves it, you know? Yeah. And I got I forget. I'm like, oh, like, when I was 20, I was a police officer. Like, I was ready to start my career. Yeah. And then you got these guys that are 22, 23, and they're still playing, like, competitively in sports. Yeah. And I don't know who's paying for their college because they ain't working full time. That's for yeah. damn sure. And then I had me where I was due to working my ass off just to do everything I could because I didn't have the financial stability. No one was going to give me that money. Mm-hmm. My parents were like, from the day I turned 16, I was paying my my phone bill, my car insurance, gas, everything. If that's mm-hmm. what I, if I wanted to drive, I was going to pay for all that. So that was just something different, you know. And yeah. now that I'm going to become a father, we, you know, how do yeah. you want to raise your kids? But um, yeah. I definitely want to show them how to like, I'm going to give them everything that they need, especially when they're younger, but at, when they get older, man, like they're definitely going to work to pay for certain things that they want to do. Yeah. Like I'll be damned if I'm going to be throwing money for gas when they want to go play. Like, yeah. They want to go play. They're going to go get a job on the weekends and go clean tables, wash dishes. They're going to learn how to work. Cause that's one thing I'll give my dad credit for is he showed me at like, dude, it was like 12 years old. I was cutting grass, making money. Like 
I always worked. Yeah. And I gave up a lot too, though. I did make sacrifices when I was younger that I could never get back. Like, I what do you think that taught you? I think that taught me how to, how, I think it taught me, I think that's a lot to do with why I was able to get hurt in my accident and recover. Like I did just, mm. it, it showed me, it showed me, it showed me how to sacrifice certain things in order to, to get things that you want. Like, you know what I mean? Like I can't just, I can't just have a nice house if I don't get up and do shit that I don't want to do. Like I yeah. don't want to wake up at four thirty and go to work every day. And I do that because I'm like, all right, well, like you never want to just, uh, what are the, what's the saying that people say? You, you don't, you don't want to, uh, work to live. You want to live to work or something. You don't, you don't want to live to work. You want to, you want to work to live or something like that. I don't know. These, there's a saying similar to yeah. that, but it's like, I basically, I, I work my career is not who I am that I don't identify as my job. I, yeah. and thank God I don't. Cause I think I would have, if I was a cop, but I work so that I can supply my lifestyle. Like, it's, it's, it's the know? means to an end. It's yeah. not the end. Itself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm just not, I'm just not working for nothing. I work so that I can open up memories to have fun. Dude, go on that vacation. Like I live for that vacation. I live for the being able to buy a boat. Like I had like mm-hmm. the one I have, like, being able to get out there on that boat the way it makes me feel in that We're moment. going on that boat this summer. Dang straight we are. Yes. We're going to take the babies. <laughs> It'll We're going to go out on the yeah, boat. For your, sure. Your little peanuts. I was already like looking six up days like, old laws and... on that. <laughs> Coast Guard laws. Yeah. Like how old do they got to be to be on a boat? <laughs> yeah, that's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's man, America. it's just, that's the stuff I live for. It's like I, I learned at an early age uh, when I lost a brother to suicide. I don't know if I ever told you about that, mm-hmm. but um, was just... I had a brother years ago take his life and um, he was a half brother, same mom. He was quite a bit older than me. Um, I was 20 at the time. It was like the same year I became a police officer too. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, dude, it just showed me material. Material stuff doesn't mean nothing. But yeah. it sure does open up rooms to make memories. You know, like a jet ski, like you can go to a lake that you've never been before and yeah. have the best day of your life. And it's it's those memories and the way that it made you feel that matters. No, no, none of us are getting off of this planet alive. Nope. There's the, you know, the, the clock is ticking and I, so there's, there's a memory that stands out. You ever have those moments in time when you're like a kid and there's just something that was said that resonated with you or maybe, maybe you just, you know, you thought about it and I always, I don't want to say held against him. But there was this time where, and and I think that so some perspective is is necessary for the story. So my dad, my dad's dad died when he was twelve, and so I I never met him obviously. And so very early on in life, my dad became the man of the house. It was him, his older brother, and he was doing paper routes. He was walking uphill to school both ways, five miles snow yeah inner city detroit all that stuff my my dad grew up on a mile and gratiot which um if you ever see any of those youtube videos of burnt out neighborhoods in the inner city detroit that that's where he grew up now it wasn't that bad back then but it wasn't great either mm-hmm. 
So, um, so that was his reality. And so he grew up in like grocery stores and he ended up, you know, managing a fairly large, uh, retail company. I would, con- it would say pretty comparable to Meyer. It was like the Meyer of the East side is called company called Chatham. And he worked his way pretty high up that then they went bankrupt and he ended up taking a job at Walmart in Texas, blah, blah, blah. So long story short, he's been a worker. He's worked his ass off his entire life. Yeah, sounds like and it. So when, I was like seven, I want to say. I we were we were going to we lived up north, but we had to go downstate for something. I don't remember what it was, but it, it was to see our family. It didn't didn't matter what it was, but the hotel that we made reservations at effed up our reservation, and they we couldn't stay there. They were they were completely booked, so we had to go find a new hotel. And this is before the days of cell phones, so it was basically like, well, we're gonna get in our car and drive around until we find a freaking hotel yeah, and walk up to the office and yep. see if they have vacancy. Yep. So, um, so we went to a couple different hotels, same story, and then we ended up at this more expensive hotel. I'll put it that way, and I could tell it was a more expensive hotel. Because, you know, hotels, they have the pool, the hot tub. It's cool. And part of the, the allure of us going downstate is we got to go to a pool. It was the greatest thing ever, you know, swimming in a hotel pool. It was That's amazing, especially in the wintertime. Yeah, it's fun. So we would show up at this hotel, and there's a water slide coming out of the side. Dang. Okay, so it was like, okay, not only is this pool, not not only this hotel look pretty cool, there's a, a freaking water slide. <laughs> and I'm a seven-year-old kid, yeah. and I'm, like, lobbying for dad to get a room here and he comes out and i'm like did they have a room he's like yeah but it's too much i'm like how much how much was it i don't remember the number but all i remember is i just had my first communion confirmation or whatever which growing up in a catholic family that's a big deal all your family send you sends you cards and stuff with 20 dollars bills in it it's like it's oh. like a glorified birthday basically okay um so so i just had that so i had like some some amount of money that seemed like a lot to me at the time. It was probably like a hundred bucks or something like that. I'm like, Dad, I will You give... felt like you owned the world at that point. You're for like, sure, all this for money. sure. Yeah. And I was like, Dad, I could give you this hundred dollars or however much money it was. It it didn't matter. And I could give you this hundred dollars and we could go. Like we'll split it. We'll like we'll do everything. And he's just like, No, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And I'm not saying this to bury my dad. I'm just I'm saying this to because I love my dad. Like we have a great relationship today. That he was he was self-employed with a small business. Like money was not growing on trees. We we weren't poor, but we definitely weren't rich. Yeah. So, but I say that to say this is that I my take on money is that yes, we're not balling out right now. Someday we will, but that's not the case right now. But the the important thing for me that I'm trying to create with Claire is those memories, like what you're talking about. Yeah. Is because the amount of money that we would have spent, like whatever amount of money that I had in my little piggy bank at that point in my life, I don't have it today. No. Like that that money got spent on something. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, when you spend money on things, you have something to show for it. Like I go and I t- I go to the store and I buy a chair. Mm-hmm. You bring that chair home. Now you have that you can chair. Sit in it. Yeah. I'm just, right. I mean, it it could be you know, some whatever. It mm-hmm. could be a ta- it could be a bet. Whatever. It's you go out and you buy something. You have something tangible that you bring back with yeah. you. And, but my thought process is 
money doesn't buy just buy you things. Money buys memories. Because, you know, it, we, we went to the Great Wolf Lodge last week with the kids. And I, I'm not saying this to be... Yeah, not because I'm a big shot, not because, you know, my parents didn't, my parents provided a ton for me. So Mm -hmm. this is, this is not to bury my parents whatsoever, but just the, like the mentality is just a little bit different where I'm very aware that yes, money is very important, but money is a tool and you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed. I could walk across the street and get hit by a bus tomorrow. Mm Mm-hmm. But the I'm not taking any of the things, the tangible things that my money's buying. I'm not taking any of that with me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was a bit of a tangent. But basically, my thought process on all that is that the memories that you create with the people that mean the most to you is ultimately what matters. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, hundred percent. That was really good. That's cool. I can't believe I remember that. Like that's like you just bringing that up just yeah. triggered that that's whole awesome, memory. Dude. And so. that's what that's what's fun about these podcasts, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, man, that's how I try to live my life. Like I, I'm a planner, that's for sure, dude. I I take a lot. I've taken a lot of steps to invest to, over the last five years to start my career, dude. I have invested. I have done. I mean, I have a life insurance policy. If I die. My beneficiaries are gonna get five hundred k. Like I've done, I've done the steps to to be a very mature adult. Okay, especially if I'm gonna start a family. Like I've I've done the things that that I should do, and I'm gonna to continue to do them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, dude, like I'm pretty spontaneous with things, and it's like you know, like because I, I lived it. I'm like you know what, we could all just I could just lose my life in a, in an instance, man. And so I I definitely try to just do what I can in the moment to enjoy myself when I, when I can definitely don't take enough trips. I don't yeah. go and see enough stuff. Uh, that's because I sacrifice. I am sacrificing a part of my life right now to work as much as I am so that I can create those memories someday. And maybe I should be doing that now, but you know, I'm, I'm I want to, I want to have better memories, I guess. I want to be able to do certain things and have certain things, you know, so yeah. I'm willing to, I'm willing to make some sacrifices to, to do that. But meanwhile, that's why I've bought little things to create those fun memories, you know, like the boat and I had the jet ski and mm-hmm. um, definitely plan on taking some trips. So I just got to work my way up. Well, I think that's a good way to end. Yeah. That's a great way to wrap it up. That's awesome. Man. Travis, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you're, uh, if you're still with us, uh, we thank you for tuning in tonight. Uh, again, go ahead and uh, hit that subscribe button on all social media platforms on the, the Apple podcast. Go leave me a nice review. I always appreciate that on um, behalf of myself, uh, producer Joe, and everybody here at Rakowski Podcast Studios. Well, thanks for tuning in and have a great night.